Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You don't understand. This is a liar. How can you think that I'm her dad, but we both look exactly the same age? We do not look the same age. I was being kind. Wait, I'm going to hypnotize him. I hereby christen this mutton Barbie camper. Priscilla, queen of the desert. Hello and welcome to this episode of Pop Goes the Tam Tam. In this episode, I am going to be discussing the Barbie movie, of course. And I could not just... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I've got a special guest. Announce yourself, special guest. Hi, it's me, Tamsin's mum. That's right, Tamsin's mum accompanied Tam Tam to the cinema. (laughs) What? To watch. (laughs) Here's the plot synopsis for the Barbie movie. Written and directed by Christopher Nolan, based on the 2005 American Prometheus. The film chronicles the life of J. Robert Oppenheimer. No, hang on, that's Oppenheimer. Okay, take two. I found the correct synopsis for Barbie movie. (laughs) Barbie and Ken are having the time of their lives in the colourful and seemingly perfect world of Barbie land. However, when they get a chance to go to the real world, they soon discover the joys and perils of living among humans. I mean, I think we've all kind of learnt the joys of perils of living among humans, haven't we? (laughs) (laughs) This film is directed by Greta Gerwig and stars, well, stars and is produced by the fabulous, will not deny her Australian accent, Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, And also, making an appearance is our very own future doctor, Shuti Gatwa. Thank you for the wolf whistle there, Tamsin's mum. Hey Barbie, can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and planned choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. Things have been happening that might be related. Cold shower falling off my roof. And my heels are on the ground. What do I have to do? You have to go to the real world. You can go back to your regular life, or you can know the truth about the universe. The choice is now yours. The first one, the high heel. You have to want to know, okay? Do it again. Closer, I am fine. Closer, I am fine. I'm coming with you. Okay. Wow, this is the real world. <laughs> What's going on? Why are these men looking at me? Yeah, they're also staring at me. 
things for our world. This would be catastrophic. We haven't played with Barbie since we were like five years old. Oh. No one rests until this doll is back in a box. forever no i won't let you do just one appendectomy but i'm a man but not a doctor can i talk to a doctor you are talking to a doctor can i need a clicky pen no a sharp thing no there he is doctor somebody get security people that know me outside of the pod have been asking since the first trailer dropped what do i think of the barbie movie I mean, at that point, I hadn't seen it, so. (laughs) But. Slight difficulty there. The reason why they were asking me this over and over again is because, dear listener, I am a Barbie fan. And when we say Barbie fan, we're moving towards Stan area, okay? I have hundreds of Barbie dolls. And that's literally the truth. That is the truth that I've been collecting since I was four, which as we gathered, I was only 10, 10 years ago. We we learned that in the last podcast, right? So I am literally, four years was not long, you know, it wasn't that long since I've been four because I'm so youthful. Okay, remember that, dear listener. For me, I was very excited and I was very trepidatious to see what this was actually going to be about and the trailers the lack of information that we got from the trailers I thought was really clever because you weren't really sure what the story was no you didn't know whether it was like enchanted she goes into the real world or whether it was some sort of fever dream or what was going on what was real what was fake I have to say I think it's been one of the most interesting campaigns because often in trailers they give way too much away yeah you get the set pieces and you're like oh so it probably will end with a train going off a cliff that will be (laughs) the big stunt at the end I mean sometimes they surprise you and they put that at the beginning but anyway but yeah I think Often trailers trying to sell the film to an audience. Go too far. Yeah, they go too far. They give too much away. I mean, often they also put fake moments in that actually haven't made it into the final edit. So I really liked the way Barbie movie changed up the game when it comes to trailers. Because they gave you such little information while still managing to immerse you in a world that you wanted to see more of. So I thought it was really, really clever. However, going back to my first point, which is let's talk about our relationship with the Barbie doll. Because I haven't ended up with this obsession on my own, have I? No, who bought me my first Barbie and who liked Barbie before me? I'm looking at you, Tamsin's mum. Guilty as charged, I'm afraid. (laughs) I did start you on this path (laughs) and uh, I continue to encourage you. (laughs) To financial ruin. Exactly. (laughs) You're so old. (laughs) Thank you. 
that you had one of the first runs of Barbie that came to the UK in the 19 tickety tocks. I did. I had a swirl and twirl ponytail Barbie. Now, um, you've got to bear in mind, I had Cin- I had two Cindy's. So Cindy was my, my doll. And who time. is Cindy? Cindy is a, a pedigree. Well, she was made by pedigree. And she was um, a young teenage doll. And she was incredibly modern. She had amazing modern clothes. and But she wasn't my first teenage doll. There was a teenage doll before Cindy. Um, and she was also made by Pedigree, who made Cindy. And she was called Little Miss Vogue. And she had the most amazing wardrobe. You could buy fashion packs for her. And she was so glam. She had heels and stockings and the whole shebang. Which, although Cindy was very... Um, trendy she wasn't as glam as little miss vogue but then appeared on the horizon the most glamorous doll i'd ever seen and that was barbie and i can remember to this very day seeing her it was in taunton she was being showcased in a bank window believe it or not it was an advertisement for a a toy shop and she would sit yeah I'm so excited. I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> she was in the window and um, I said to my mum, can I have her? And she said yes. And we went down to the toy shop and bought her. But she didn't have any clothes. She was just in a swimsuit. So it was sewing machines ahoy. And was it the iconic black and white swimsuit? No, it wasn't. No. What kind of swimsuit was she, she wearing? I can't remember offhand, but I do believe uh, it was a red one. Obviously, what looms over this is Barbie's relationship to feminism. You made me the feminist that I am today, and you have always been a feminist. I have. Yeah. So let's unpack how you feel about Barbie when it comes to being a feminist yourself. Truthfully, I've only ever seen Barbie as being a doll. I never really saw her in relation to female rights because I think to do that is kind of superficial. I I don't really believe that girls are so easily swayed that they look at a doll and think that's perfection. I think most girls look at their dolls and turn them into whatever world they want them to Mm. live in, personally. All my friends were like that and I think your friends were the same. Yeah, I was the same. I mean, your dolls just lived out parts of your life and imaginary things like finding dinosaurs and <laughs> yeah. even though the dinosaurs were a lot tinier than the Barbie. Yeah. Um, that was a scaling issue. It was a scaling issue. <laughs> also the fact that dinosaurs were still around with Barbie was also an <laughs> <Yeah>, issue. But, <laughs> but I, I could never connect the two and I'm sure a lot of people can and could and continue to. But I saw Barbie as being great because she did lots of things Barbie could do pretty much anything and I mean although you know when you play dolls you and I both play dolls as children you can make a doll do anything Mm. or be anything that your imagination allows it to do Mm. and I do think that's what toys are for really Mm. there are issues I I mean I suppose that the main issues which I think they've addressed pretty well 
to some extent now is you've got Kirby Barbies and disabled Barbies and Barbies that represent life. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's absolutely great. And with Brooklyn Barbie, they've also reinstated the black Barbie. So you can get white Barbie, you can get black Barbie now, Malibu and Brooklyn. And I think that's really important because before that, Barbie's black friends were Christy and Nikki. And there was this idea that ethnic minorities like the Teresa doll, who is Hispanic, the Kira doll, who's Asian, that the only Barbie who can truly be Barbie is blonde, which goes against when Barbie first turned up on the market. There was a blonde, there was a redhead, and there was a brunette. So the blonde, the version in our heads that we have of Barbie of this perfect blonde doll, yes, she's always been perfect, but her hair colours have been different. And I think with Brooklyn Barbie, we're seeing a more diversity within Barbie herself. Going back to the question of feminism and having watched the premieres and looked at the response to Margot Robbie, I think that has also highlighted it. I think it's important to recognise that Barbie was one of the first products that was created by a woman for girls. And I think it's interesting, when I was watching the premieres and looking at what people were saying about Margot Robbie, it seemed to be that for as many people who absolutely liked her, thought what she was doing was incredible, loved her playful style, there were people who were saying, she's mid. There were people who were saying, why is she using her Australian accent? That I found I, I, I inexplicable to me, that she people don't want her to speak in a natural voice. What about all the Scots people and the Irish people and the Spanish people act, you know, acting? That raises something really interesting because Ryan Gosling is a Canadian mm. and he actually has quite a strange accent. Yet nobody talked about Ryan Gosling. Let's also talk about the Hemsworths. So I'm a big Chris Hemsworth fan, we know this, and every time he gets on the red carpet, he's unashamedly Australian. Yes. Nobody has ever said, why doesn't Thor talk the way he talks in the Marvel films? Yeah. And it seemed to me that whatever she tried to do, Margot Robbie could not win. And that feels very much like the story of Barbie. And while we both love Barbie, I think we should also address there are negatives. There are. And whether we like it or not, the beauty standards of Barbie did go into the beauty standards of the real world. Mm. I think that's more to do with sexualising a children's toy than actually the children's toy itself. Absolutely. Because nobody is building tanks or making soldiers on the specification of Action Man or G.I. Joe. No. And I think that leans into something a lot darker. It's disturbing. Well, it's around the sexualization of girls. Yeah. And young people who present feminine. Mm. And that sexualization 
appears to begin extremely young. I think there's also another um, downside to Barbie and it's highlighted to the extreme with the marketing of this film, the way they've rolled out collaborations with everybody. Mm. You know, it's a vast money-making business. And I mean, that it is their business and that's what they do and that's mm. what their shareholders expect them to do. But it's, it's the behemoth nature mm. of it mm. that is a bit sort of disturbing. And I know you were so pleased when the about the film because you thought oh I've got more 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 dolls for my collection but when you sit back and think about yeah. it it is a bit worrying really sometimes there's a fine line between a great marketing campaign and exploitation and I would also say conspicuous consumption mm. and the majority of these products are made out of plastic that's a worry as well that's the truth of this because you, you're quite conflicted now aren't you I am conflicted. I don't I don't buy as many Barbies as I used to and I tend to now buy more vintage ones. Mm. So not newly produced ones. I mean there's the whole thing that I could talk about how excited I was about the film and the potential of getting like you say more Barbies to add to my collection. But when the Barbies actually dropped, they I was really disappointed because the clothes are great, but they're all the same base mold. They are. So you literally pick the one you want and that I'm not going to get any more. That's it. I've picked the one I want. And and it's a shame because I was hoping that we'd get more of the Barbies that are played by other actors and we we didn't get like that. The- uh, Little Mermaid doll. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, I because I think Disney did such a great job on their Little Mermaid doll rollout. And I thought, well, Mattel, they will do that again because obviously they rolled out the Little Mermaid with Barbie. They'll do it even more. And it just didn't happen like that, which is such a shame. It and is a shame. I have seen Wave 2 on the internet And they're exactly the same as Wave 1, but their clothes are different. And it's just like... People can't afford to buy a different doll just because of the clothes. Yeah. When in actual fact, it's the same doll, but clothes are different. And I would say, who are these dolls actually for? Because in this country, the price point for the cheapest Barbie was £44. Which is quite a lot of money. That is a lot of money. That is a chunk of change when people cannot afford it. That has bothered you all the way through, hasn't it? It has, it has. And now this is becoming just talking about the dolls. Great. Not even broken. You'll be fine. Shredding waves is much more dangerous than people realise. You're very brave, Ken. Thank you, Barbie. Yeah. You know surfer's not even my job. I know. And it is not lifeguard, which is a common misconception. Very common. Yeah, because actually my job, it's just beach. Right. And what a good job you do at Beach. You should heal up in no time. Actually, in the time that it took for me to say that sentence, you healed. Fantastic. Nice. (laughs) Hey, Barbie. Yeah? Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. Both of us had misgivings about Barbie movie, but for different reasons. My misgivings were mainly around Greta Gerwig. Greta Gerwig's previous films include Lady Bird from 2017 and Little Women from 2019. She also directed a film called Frances Ha 
but I haven't seen that one, whereas I have seen Lady Bird and Little Women. Lady Bird, I did not like. I felt that Gerwig was probably a good director, but lacked a story. It felt very rootless, and aimless the story. I thought the acting was great and I thought she got good performances out of her cast but I did find the main character so irritating that I just couldn't get on board with it. However that might just be an age thing. I'm in my 30s and there's only so much teenage drama navel gazing that I find that I can now cope with. I have a level and once I hit it I kind of disconnect. I think that's probably what happened for me. On the subject of Little Women, so yes, I preferred the 1994 adaption. Yeah, but I have to say, I think there were a lot of pluses in this, the Little Women that Gerwig brought to the screen. There were some minuses as well. So the pluses, I think she had, bar Emma Watson. There's a lot of hate on this podcast for Emma Watson, I've noticed. I don't actually hate Emma Watson. I just don't think she's a very good actress. But anyway, (laughs) I'm sure she's a really nice person. She seems like she would be down. You can't judge someone on that No, you can't. Well, you can you can judge them on is their work. Yes, yes. But she seems like she would be down to go to the pub with you and would have stories, okay? <laughs> but, yeah, so I don't hate Emma Watson as a person. Is it true? <laughs> it's the real reason. Because the, the bell doll didn't come up to your expectations. No, it's no, no. I hated her as well. <laughs> no, I just... I've never been impressed with any of her performances, Emma Watson, anyway. So I think she was really miscast as Meg and she really struggled with the American accent. I'm trying to get back, trying to get away from her Watson. (laughs) Okay, I think I've escaped the gravitational pull of Emma Watson. Yes, I have. (laughs) So... And now I'm trying to regain where I was with my... <laughs> so, Emma Watson as Meg. <laughs> no, I haven't escaped her, have I? And also some of the questionable fashion choices. Which were terrible. Yeah. Alka boots, no, didn't work for me. But, as adaptations go, I thought it was solid. And I also thought she managed to bring something of the 21st century, something of 2019 into this adaptation, which we didn't have in the 1994 version. Getting back to my misgivings around Gerwig as a director for this, they were mainly around my concerns that, like Wes Anderson, she's really good at putting something up on the screen but is there anything behind it is the problem substance substance yeah that was the word I was looking for and my concern was that it would be really attractive to look at but there wouldn't be anything behind it so those were my misgivings what were yours? I think I was a bit worried about what was the premise gonna be I I sort of didn't want it to be just uh 
some sort of silly parody. And the main character in this film is a doll aimed at children, let's put it that way, from three years and up. Based on the trailers that I'd seen, I was concerned that who, who was this film aimed at, really? I mean, and I think some of the jokes in the trailers, the one that I find most difficult is the beached off one yeah um, no it's, 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 I thought it was hilarious it's hilarious <laughs> but we're adults and so so who is this filmed aimed at hang on though because I would say in this post Shrek age I think you get more and more jokes that are aimed at children and adults yeah, I like. There's got to be something in the audience for <laughs> adults. No, no, I, I, <laughs> and I go with that completely. I'd also add to that: what child is really going to understand beach off? How are they gonna, in their mind, connect that to what it really is? <laughs> and if you feel like you need to sit down and explain to your child what beach off is a euphemism for, then I mean. Why would you need to do it? <laughs> you don't need to do that. <laughs> I mean, you're a mum. If I looked at you with questioning face going, Mummy, what does speech off mean? What would you... You wouldn't have gone, Well, it means. <laughs> would you? No, I'd have said, Oh, it's some sort of American thing. <laughs> so, on to the review. I mean, it's coming in at the 30-minute mark, but that's why you're here. I was surprised at how deep it felt. Barbie movie feels like a hybrid of a lot of different films. Everything from The Matrix. I mean, yeah, that's what you think of when you think of Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) To Toy Story and Enchanted. Now, personally... I already felt like we had the best Barbie movie ever, that it had already been made. And that is, of course, Legally Blonde starring Reese Witherspoon. I don't think that Barbie movie quite meets the brilliance of Legally Blonde, but it does a really, really good job. It has really important discussions around what it means to be a woman or someone who presents as a woman, that it isn't a monolith. And it also addresses that while in Barbie land think that they have ended misogyny by being themselves, by being able to be astronauts, astrophysicists, Pulitzer Prize winning writers and presidents in fabulous gangs. When Barbie is in the real world, what she learns is that although those doors are open for the dolls in Barbie land, for Barbie in the real world, it's a lot harder, well, very hard for real women, which I thought was really interesting for this film to go to definitely yes i'd agree with that i'd also add to that ken's discovery of the patriarchy in the real world was particularly salient for the times in which we live and i also was just waiting for ken to go full villain mode Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you also wanted to mention 
the styling. I think the, the the staging of the film, from the costumes to the lighting to the the brilliant ideas with the the plastic sand and everything, I I thought it was so cheerful and uplifting, and it was so. I think it was so perfectly realised. It was all upbeat and light and colourful. And it was such a refreshing change to so many films that you see now, which have these dreadful filters and inadequate lighting. And you, you feel like you need a torch to see what's going on. And that completely ruins it for me. I completely agree. The fact that it wasn't reliant on CGI, the fact that you could see what was going on. And also, like you say, it had such a uniqueness in terms of its look. I haven't seen a film that looked this unique. I mean, I've already mentioned Wes Anderson, and I think we should mention him because his films look unique. They do. You know, they might not be particularly the best films in the world in terms of plot, but they there is a uniqueness to them oh, and a playfulness to them. And I would say with what Greta Gerwig has been able to capture is this universe of plastic toys made real, made human size, and everything fits logically into the next thing and it feels so clever because you love that scene when barbie comes out of the dream house yeah yeah she comes out of the dream house and obviously i have owned barbie houses and there are no stairs because she gets lifted down by the child and so she gets lifted off the roof and gently descends. Yeah, because she's being carried down by a child. You just can't see the child. And it's got Lego movie proportions when it comes to how clever it is in the staging. Mm. It's really... It is brilliant. If this doesn't get an Oscar for that, then I think something's gone really wrong. This definitely has to sweep up. At, when it comes to costuming as well yes. because we talked about the costumes I'm not sure how many costumes there are it feels like there are hundreds <laughs> all of the Barbies are dressed so well the Ken's not so much we we both felt no. that Ken's clothes were awful but for anyone who's a collector of Barbie they know that Ken's clothes Ken's are clothes awful Ken's clothes are always awful <laughs> okay. like a twit uh, exhibit A <laughs> hearing magic Ken <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> and I like the fact that Ken's clothes were just the worst. That Alan's clothes were just the most boring. Yeah. Nothing had been done with them, really. But Barbie has this absolutely fantastic wardrobe. It's such a great realisation. Yeah. Oh, well, I haven't seen a film that was this fully realised. And when I say... What I'm talking about is a blockbuster film. Since I would say the first Black Panther, which felt oh, yeah. fully realised, great costumes, everything felt real, organic, natural. That's what this feels like. Yeah, you could suspend disbelief completely. Yeah, totally. And I'll be honest, if they wanted to make a spin-off set just in... Uh, in Barbie land with live action dolls. I would watch that. Yeah, 100%. So. You absolutely you want that, don't you? 100p. <laughs> because it looks so different, 
because you can see what's going on. I mean, I am so sick of having to turn the contrast up on the TV when I've finally, you know, when I'm watching something out of the cinema and I'm watching it for the first time at home. Mm. I've only watched it previously in the cinema. And whereas when it's really dark in the cinema, it's actually not that dark and you can actually see everything. When you're at home and you've got your TV on the wall, it doesn't look the same. No. <laughs> you literally need a torch. <laughs> and I think the cinema experience, the experience you get from watching it in the cinema is perfect, but it will also work when it comes to streaming services. I think the way it's so light and colourful is the way you see things as a child in your imagination when you're playing. And I think that was quite clever as well. I agree. Now... Getting away from the styling, I think the other thing we need to talk about are the performances. So sadly, I didn't feel like we had enough performances of the other Barbies, but that's okay. (laughs) I can live with it. (laughs) Now, a lot of the reviews that I had read before going into this film were how Ryan Gosling steals the film from Margot Robbie. I want to say, having seen it, I don't think that's quite what happens. I think Margot Robbie is amazing as Barbie. I did wonder, when I first found out about the project, if it might have been better to have cast an unknown in the role as Barbie. However, I do think that this is one of those performances that could make you And because of that would always tie you in to Barbie. And I think if this had been given to a different actor, then they might have been typecast. I think Margot Robbie gives so much depth to this plastic doll. I also think Ryan Gosling is so funny and so different from everything we have seen him in before. I didn't realise he could do comedy. Now I realise he can. I feel like he's a triple threat. He's acting, he can do dancing, and now he can do comedy. I admittedly, I know that's not the triple threat. I know it's something like singing. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) we've all seen La La Land. I'm not going to include singing. (laughs) Yeah, I think they are a perfect Barbie and Ken, and they're really what makes this film work both of them, and their complete commitment to their roles. At no point does it feel too knowing from them. For me, Kate McKinnon, I always have problems with her. She takes me out of every film she's ever in. She's far too knowing, she's far too arch. That kind of works in Barbie um, anyway. (laughs) But the fact that Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling are so committed, they're not arch, they're playful, they're funny and they have a knowing unknowing quality that's so hard to capture and I keep going back to Legally Blonde but it was the same with the Elle Woods character she was both clever while at the same time being incredibly naive and this just feels so in keeping with that we don't think this film is perfect no what are our ratings for this film? I'm going to give it four. You're going to give it four. That's great. What are you going to give it? Well, I was going to give it four as well. That's oh. why I said that's great. 
because if you'd been like, it's a two, then, um, you know. <laughs> We're not watching the same film, Mark. <laughs> now, before we wrap this thing up, we've got to talk about Aqua. <laughs> and you've got a lead on this one. <laughs> okay. It's quite a funny coincidence, but I know Aqua. And I worked um, with Aqua when they were making their, I think it was their second, second album. album. Yeah. Yeah. They came to stay and made their album. Well, let's the do house. the context. Okay. Okay. Because, like, that's pretty vague. Let's I do the full context. <laughs> I, I, I don't think, I mean, you can't, I'm not allowed to say too much still. I don't think so. You didn't have to sign the secret. <laughs> okay. So you used to work at a country estate. I did. And Aqua came there, stayed there for how many months was it? Like four or five months? Yeah, it was quite a long time. It was a long time. Yeah. And because it was very rural uh, and remote, so they were yeah. quite safe there. And they wanted to be uh, anonymous. Yeah. And they just, well, they were to some extent, except the fact that they turned up in Ferraris. <laughs> It was a bit of a giveaway. And the big tour bus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the big tour bus, which we should drop me off at home. Well, it dropped us both off at home. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Even though you were tiny, you used to come. Because you were so excited when you found out they were coming. Well, and also, it, it coincided with the summer holidays, it which did. was really good. Yeah. Um, and they had all their um, equipment in the library. I remember that. That was yeah. so exciting. And the mixing was, was upstairs. And they actually screened to us. And yeah, that was so exciting. Yeah. So they screened to us and some other some of the other workers' families. Um, their their first music video that was gonna come off of the album. And that was so exciting. It felt like being at a premiere, even though we were just sat around upstairs on the bed and it was on a TV. <laughs> They went to Renny went into Angel Place and got all sweeties for you. Yeah, it was it was really good. It was so exciting. But honestly, they were just nice people, the best. And part of what I've really enjoyed about the hype around the film is the fact that Aqua's kind of had this resurgence, which they deserve. And I hope, I really hope that they've made every penny off of this. Because they definitely deserve it. They were really nice. They were lovely. So, yeah. And I always hold that experience close to my heart. But you knew them really well because you were there with them for four months. You were seeing them pretty much every day, every day yeah. with the managing and stuff like that. So, yeah, I used to have to answer the telephone to Universal. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. So that's our famous people story. Yeah. One of them. And when the when the music, when they did um, Barbie Girl, we kind of like looked at each other in the cinema, and it's just like yeah, we know them. So we've done Barbie, we've done the review, we've done feminism, we've done feminism, we've done Cindy. Aqua, we've done Cindy. Um, all I've got to say now is bye, and also you owe me six fifty for the. <laughs> Dream on. <laughs> <laughs>